There's so much we can say about this feast of the visitation of Our Lady. In the first place, we do have a biblical description of what took place. But then also we know how Mary's visitation took place throughout the history of the church as well. Mary's visitation, not just visits, visitation. And then also the gift of how we should be towards one another once the Lord has entered our, heart, our hearts. It's a ministry of service, ministry of, of assistance to one another. So let's go first of all to the historical moment when Blessed Mother runs in haste to a hill country to help her kinswoman. So we have a biblical description immediately after the Annunciation. And that's very, very important. When Mary is overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and in her womb, the incarnate Word of God, the Son of God, is, takes flesh. She is inside, he is inside her womb. And so it is very important to know that it is Our Lady already with her son in her womb responding to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, because it's, it's the movement of grace and within heart. She wants to help her kinswoman, whom she found out by the revelation of God that, her, that Elizabeth has been already six months pregnant, carrying John. And she wants to help her. She wants to help her because the last three months of one's pregnancy is a little bit more difficult. So it's an act of love. We can see that. But there's so much more here. So it's not just Mary visits her cousin, but the visitation, meaning the very presence. We as community know what the word visitation means because we have what is called the general visitations and provincial visitations. And it's a time when the superior general, provincial superior, spends time with the community. I know reviewing their life, but helping one another to see what would be done better or to even make suggestions or even certain recommendations. So it's like a living with someone who is along with you, who guides and helps, helps you in your, in your religious life. And so Our Lady's visitation is precisely that. She comes and she stays. She stays with the Lord. She stays with the Lord Jesus. But you see, but here we see um, something extraordinary. Elizabeth understands what took place under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. She realizes that when Our Lady comes and greets her, the greetings of Our Lady, she says, in my womb, the six-month little boy, she leaps for joy. And she knows that. I, you know, a pregnant woman, pregnant mothers know what, the, what it is all about, how it is, I can imagine only. But she knows exactly what happened. And so she sees this not just as a, as for her to recognize that she is, well, how is it possible that the mother of my Lord has come to me? Blessed are you who believe. But we also see that the, the, the child in the womb also recognizes the Savior, the precursor, as she's known, the Baptist, the one who is to pre-announce Jesus. Uh, renounce the Son of God. 
he already, as Scripture says, recognizes by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, recognizes the Son of God, even though in the womb. Obviously, we can speak much about that, about the child in the womb, Jesus being only, what, a couple weeks old. There's a life of God, but there's also human life. Jesus, fully human, fully divine. So the, the, so the gift of life being there already, being recognized, whether our laws say it's 12 weeks or however it is, it's there from the very beginning, from the moment of annunciation, from the moment of conception. We have already the gift of life. So we don't have to worry about that, but the fact is this, this is something beautiful that Scripture speaks about that. So the first thing we can say as our reflection for today is a gift of faith. Blessed are you who believed that the Son of God would come. In that first reading, there's two readings today for us. The first reading from Zephaniah and the other one is, is that we have a reading from, from uh, Romans. And there it is, shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout, sing joyfully, O Israel. Why? Because the Lord has come to you. He's in your midst. God is in the midst. This is Zephaniah, several hundred years before the birth of Christ. Rejoice, O daughter. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Mary is the daughter of Zion. Rejoice, because the Lord has entered you into your midst. He's in your midst. And he says, the Lord, your God, is in your midst, a mighty Savior. And Jesus is Yeshua, Savior. So the prophetic words which are spoken, rejoice. Uh, rejoice. And then so, so Lord is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew, renew in his love. You know, God's love came and renewed, not only Blessed Mother, but all of us, she's our representative. She's the first, in a sense, to receive the gift of God in her life. She's the beginning of the new creation. God with us, God inside of us. God who enters through the Eucharist into our hearts. We are with God, God is within us. That's why we can be happy, we can rejoice, and that the Lord's presence in us will renew us in his love. And so he will sing joyful because of you. God himself, Jesus, will sing, rejoice over the fact that his mom and all of us share in the glory of God. I mean, this is, you know, you know I get excited over reading these words. But, but the fact is this, you know, future, this is the prophetic utterance which is spoken to us through prophets, and we know that it's true. And then St. Paul realizes once Jesus came and Jesus revealed himself to him, and he knows, he knows that God enters his very life through the Eucharist. As a matter of fact, he's the first witness. St. Paul is the first witness to the Eucharistic celebration. He wrote this not even 20 years after the, birth, uh, after the, after the Last Supper, less than 20 years. And he says, I received from the Lord that which I hand on to you. On the night before he died, he took bread, took wine blessed it, broke it, gave it to us, body, my body, my blood, the blood of the new covenant. So, so St. Paul also knows, and this is that's why he says, you let love be sincere, let your love, my dear brothers and sisters, be 
Sincere hate what is evil, hold on to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Anticipate one another in showing honor. I mean, you know, this is an examination of conscience. If somebody wants to do examination of conscience, go after confession, go with confession, read these words. This is more, you know, it's 10, 10 commandments is wonderful. Yes, absolutely, always should be the guide. But this one too, is my love sincere? Do I really hate what is evil? Do I do really hold on to what is good? Do I anticipate one another with showing honor? Do I grow slow? Do not grow slack, slack in zeal? Yeah, I know the zeal is not always there. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I mean, he goes, rejoice in hope, endure in affliction, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the Holy Ones, exercise hospitality. This is why, because once we accepted Jesus into our hearts, as, a, as the Lord grows in our hearts, I mean, we can say that because our faith grows and then we allow God to take over more and more of our life, our mind, our understanding, our abilities. We, we allow the Holy Spirit to inspire us more so we can run like Our Lady in haste to help one another, to take care of one another. And so this is why St. Paul says, you know, he says to take care of each other, when they endure in affliction sometimes, persevere in prayer, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. This is what he says, this is what I do. St. Paul says, you know, and, and he says, bless those who persecute you, bless those who curse you. Have the same regard for one another, do not be haughty, or, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Allow God to be God. Allow his wisdom to be the, your guide. You know, so, you know, sometimes I know that we hear, you know, on funerals, Frank Sinatra's words, I did it my way. Well, I'm not too sure. Perhaps we should change it to say, I did it God's way. You know, so, you know, that's one of those things that, that we need to really remind, be reminded of. But anyway, first gift is gift of faith. The first, the second aspect of the visitation is gift of love, loving, taking care of one another. And third, third dimension of visitation is Our Lady's presence among us because she brings us the, the, the Son of God. He brings us the Lord with us, to us. Look what she did in Guadalupe. And within a matter of a couple years, we have a massive conversion of at least 10 million native Indians because she gave a, a gift of the presence of her son. I am the mother of the eternal God, mother of the eternal Son of God. And I have come to be with you. I have come to lead you to son, my son, who is the Redeemer. You know, we can take a look at all the other visitations of Our Lady Fatima or, or Lourdes or so many other places where she comes and whether she bring the good news she introduces us to Jesus more fully or says, be faithful to him, pray, take care of one another, all those things which are so essential to us, like a mother who will, who will help us along the way. There's something very nice here. John Paul wrote on, 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 the, on Our Lady. And, and he said, it's not just a feast today of Our Lady of Visitation, but today is the end of month of May. 
and, and today's last day of the month of May, dedicated and to Our Lady. And he says, at the close of the Marian month, we must reflect, beloved sisters and brothers, on what was the fundamental interior attitude of Blessed Virgin with regard to God, her compelled, which compelled her to act. Such possession by God's Spirit is the only possession worthwhile, life-giving, hopeful, and joyful. The story of the visitation teaches us, I'm still quoting him from 1979, the story of the visitation teaches us an important lesson. And Christ is growing inside of us. We will be led to people, places, and situations that we never dreamed of. We will bear words of consolation and hope that, not, that are not our own. In the very act of consoling others, we will be consoled. We will be at peace, recollected, because we know that however insignificant our life and issues seem to be, from them Christ is forming himself. The women of today's gospel show us that it's possible to be move beyond our own little personal agendas and engage in authentic ministry. And the authentic ministry is listening to the voice of God and moving under the inspiration to help, whether to respond to someone who has been calling us, we haven't been able to call back, someone that we wish to do something but we're unable to do, something that we would wish to have done we haven't done yet, know those things that are a type of invitation of the Holy Spirit and only come maybe once and then it disappears. But the inspiration of grace is there. I should have, I could have, would have been good if I had done it. There are many things we have not done, but the Lord continues to give us these inspirations even if we have missed it. The grace was given to someone else, as St. Faustina would say, the ones who listen. But the fact is this, that all of us, the closer we become to the Lord in prayer, the more we hear these inspirations. We may not always have the strength to respond, but at least we can pray for them. Lord, I could have done this, at least I'll pray for them, because I'm able to do that. Even if it's just a sigh of prayer, Lord, bless someone. I, I, I was not able to do that, but bless them today. And it is through Our Lady we can do that. She's a great reminder of us of so many things. And, you know, and, and further, what John Paul was saying today is that, that it, it is inside of us as the Lord grows, then we're more attentive. The more we hear, the more we see, and the more we are able to do. And this is actually the ministry ministry of caring the Lord to each other by the, by the way we respond to those graces. Because God will, in the act of our doing for someone, God will console us. In the act of doing some act of work, it will not be difficult for us. It's going to be filling us with joy. So that's the, the, the gift of ministry. 
And so may the Lord today, as we continue with the sacred liturgy and the special gift, special gift to us of Our Lady, and as we come to a ninth end of the month of May, that Our Lady may stay with us. May she continue to be on the visitation of our hearts every day so that she may guide and lead, lead us to, to her son. Then under the Holy Spirit, we may do extraordinary acts of ministry, of kindness, and of bringing Christ to others, of helping them along the way, so that one day all of us will be sharing the banquet of glory in heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.